Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hi, Thrive Church. Well, welcome to church today. It is a beautiful day, as you can see. We're recording in a garden again as we're in our series called Graves into Gardens, how it is that God turns dead things into beautiful things. We're here because it's spring. All around us, spring is exploding. New season in our country as we re-emerge from COVID-19. New season in our church as we're so excited to let you know that physical services, live physical services go back on the 11th of October, Sunday the 11th, just a couple of weeks away. Cannot wait. We'll have services at 8 and 10 in Boxburg, 9 and 11 at Edenville, socially distanced, sanitized, all the things, full kids church program. Can't wait. It's been too long. Can't wait. It's love to love to love to see you there. Talking about spring, didn't Josh do an incredible job with his spring in your step slot? So good to see our young communicators bringing what's on their heart. And the future is bright. Last week, we spoke about anger. And if you want to catch that or send it to somebody of how to deal with our anger in an angry world, you can grab it on YouTube and send the link to family and friends. And heard so many people saying it was so helpful to them as we learn how to navigate our own anger in an angry world world. Today I'd like to start by telling you about the first time I encountered anxiety in a real way in my life. I was 24 years of age. I just moved out, moved into my own flat and all of a sudden I began to notice that when I woke up in the mornings, I woke up, I can never forget it, I lying in bed waking up and the first thing that struck me was just how incredibly fast and hard my heart was beating. I literally woke up with heart palpitations. It seemed like they, they hit me all of a sudden. There was no warning. Just one day I woke up with these heart palpitations and they persisted for six months solid. I had no idea where they came from. I had no idea why they'd arrived, but it was my first encounter with anxiety. Today we're going to talk about anxiety and how God turns graves of anxiety into gardens of freedom. It is possible to live more free, less anxious in an anxious world. And listen, we do live in an anxious world, don't we? Did you know that one in six South Africans struggle with an anxiety disorder of some sort? It is fast becoming the leading cause of people going on extended disability, even extended sick leave in the workplace. It's the moment third only to heart disease and cancer, but it's climbing the ranks. And pretty soon, uh, health experts tell us that mental health, mental wellness, anxiety-related issues will be the number one and leading cause of people going on disability. So let's start today by defining anxiety. I think anxiety can most helpfully be defined as saying, Feelings of tension that give rise to extended, protracted, and deep thoughts of worry and concern, which in turn can give rise to physical effects in our body. For example, the heart palpitations I was telling you about. 
changes in our temperature, changes in our heart rate, changes in our breathing. It's almost like with anxiety, the lights are on and there's no way to turn them off. The feelings of concern and worry are extended, protracted, non-stop. They're permanently there with us. There are a couple of different types of anxiety. There's generalized anxiety disorder, which is kind of a, just a general sense of worry. There's obsessive compulsive disorder, where particular things worry us desperately. There's post-traumatic stress disorder, where there's been a particular trauma that then leaves us with significant anxiety. There's panic disorders, where all of a sudden a sense of panic will hit us. A deep anxiety will hit us. And then there's social anxiety where we feel very concerned in social situations and social settings. There are a couple of different types of anxiety. But no matter which type of anxiety it is, they all seem to have a, a, a common effect upon us. The severity might differ, but the effects of anxiety are on us are physical manifestations like I said earlier heart palpitations raised temperature shallowness of breathing difficulty breathing the effects are beyond physical though the effects on us are quite profound in that anxiety stops us from doing things anxiety restricts us anxiety minimizes anxiety cages us in anxiety makes our lives smaller because it sort of like hems us in it puts a fence around us and it, it reduces our capacity to function. Now, there are several reasons for why it is that anxiety can come upon us, why it is that we suffer with anxiety. For some of us, it's because of a significant trauma that's happened in our lives. That trauma leaves us with anxiety. For some of us, it's stress related to illness. For some of us, it's protracted periods of stress, just long sustained periods of stress for some of us it's related to our personalities some of us have obsessive type personalities some of us have personalities that have a never-ending quest for perfectionism some of us just desperately need control some of us our personalities have a tendency to catastrophize the negative what I mean by that is anything bad that happens becomes a catastrophe it explodes it just becomes a bigger thing than anything else for some of us, the cause of anxiety is a deep-seated question as to whether we are good enough, whether we are enough. That can cause anxiety. Regardless of the reasons for it, though, what we need to say about anxiety is that it is legitimate. No matter the reason, the anxiety is legitimate. I want to say this to you if you struggle with anxiety today. You are not crazy because you battle with anxiety. You're not abnormal. There's not something wrong with you. We've got to legitimize anxiety and we've got to remove the stigma that still exists in our society around anxiety. Okay, church. So now that we know what it is, what effect it has on our lives, why we get anxious, and now that we've legitimized it, let's turn our attention to how it is that we can live less anxious in an anxious world. Because what we mustn't do is become defeatist about anxiety and simply say, and I feel like even in this moment, 
Some of us have said, well, anxiety is just the thing that I'm going to always carry with me. Some of you have just said, anxiety is my cross. It's the thing that I'm going to carry on my back for the rest of my life. And that's not necessarily true. Let's turn our attention to how it is that we deal with anxiety, how it is that we live less anxious in a very anxious world. I want to suggest two ways of dealing with anxiety today. I want to give you the words roots and shoots. I'll never forget listening to a lecture by Dr. Mark Stone Street some time ago where he said things in our mental health can be defined as both roots and shoots. Roots are the things that cause it. Shoots are the, are the things that manifest it in our lives or that show it in our lives. I want to suggest that we can deal with anxiety in two ways today. One, by dealing with the shoots. In other words, the things that show up in our lives. We can deal with those practically. But we also need to deal with anxiety at the root level. Not simply the shoot, not simply that which is showing in our lives, but that which is unseen, the root. And that is theological. So today we're going to deal with anxiety in two ways. Firstly, we're going to deal with it practically. Secondly, we're going to deal with it theologically. All right, church, so let's deal with it practically first. Dr. Henry Cloud, he's a well-known author, psychologist, and speaker. He's got a wealth of information on anxiety. One of the most helpful things that he's developed is a very quick six-step process to deal with anxiety when we're feeling it in the moment. So in other words, this is dealing with the shoots. This is dealing with the stuff that is now manifesting. We're feeling anxious. We're not dealing with the root yet. We're dealing with the shoots. When it comes to dealing with the shoots, Dr. Cloud says six things to do. The first thing is just simply to stop and pause. Just stop and go, I'm feeling anxious, right? Stop, call it what it is. Secondly, he says to begin to breathe. Why? Because breathing deeper calms us down. Pay attention to your breathing, secondly. Thirdly, you've stopped, you've paused, and, and, and you're starting to breathe. Thirdly, he says, just accept. Call it what it is, accept that you are feeling anxious. Fourthly, Dr. Cloud says, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up over the head. Don't get a stick out and begin to beat yourself. Be kind to yourself. Simply say, I'm struggling with anxiety and I need some help. Be kind to yourself. Fifth, remember it's only temporary. Don't catastrophize this. Don't think it's going to be permanent. It's temporary. So just go. This is in the moment. It's temporary. And last, sixthly, he says, take wise action. Now, when it comes to taking wise action, there's a few things we can do. The first and by far the most important thing to do, anybody who's well-versed and researched and operates in the field of mental health will tell you that when you're feeling anxious, the most wise action you can take is to reach out and to speak to somebody. The very worst thing we can do is to withdraw, to hold it to ourselves, to go into our shells. Reach out, speak to somebody about it. That's how you take wise action. You can also take wise action simply by exercising because the endorphins that happen when we exercise will flood our body. The other way that we can take wise action is simply to stop and be grateful in the moment. Literally, write down your blessings, count your blessings, because gratitude is the pathway into joy. That's to deal with the shoots. Now let's turn our attention and ask ourselves a question, how do we deal with the root? What is the root of our anxiety? Well, I want to say this to us. I believe anxiety has a theology. Anxiety believes something about God and about our world. 
anxiety has a worldview. To understand what this worldview is, we've got to go all the way back, right to the beginning, to Genesis chapter 3. There's a profound moment in human history when the devil approaches Eve with an offer and with a question. Let's read it together. So let's read it in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. It says that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, here's the offer, you see. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it if you do you'll die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. So here the devil approaches Eve, and he approaches her with a question, but the question is also a lie. He says, Did God say you can't eat from any of the trees? Of course, God didn't say that. He said, just don't eat from the one. The question is a lie. But I want us to notice today, this is the critical thing. The question, which was a lie, immediately gave rise to anxiety. Do you notice how Eve has to scramble to God's defense? You can almost sense the anxiety in her reply. She's like, no, 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 no. God didn't say that. God didn't say that. He just said that one tree we must leave alone. So immediately there's this anxiety that comes upon Eve with the, with the question, which is a lie that Satan plants in her head. She gets fooled though. The conversation continues in Genesis 3. And what ends up happening, we know the story. She eats the fruit, gives some to Adam. And the moment they eat it, anxiety enters their lives. What happens? They eat and then they both hide from God. The scripture tells us that God comes looking for his friends in the evening and he can't find them. Eventually he does find them. He finds them hiding because they were so anxious that God would find out what they had done. Let's stop today, church, and notice this because it is the theology of anxiety that we're unpacking. Anxiety entered the world through a lie, and the effect on mankind of the lie was to cause anxiety. Here's the thing. Anxiety entered the world through a lie, and any time you and I are anxious, It is because we are believing a lie. It is because anxiety has its root in a lie. Here's what you need to know today. Anytime anxiety comes your way, it's because there is a lie that you and I are believing. What's the lie? Well, Genesis tells us what the lie is. When Satan approaches Eve, He approaches with this question, which is a lie. Below the surface of the question, did God really say that you can't do that? What he's really asking Eve is, is God enough for you? Did he give you enough? 
Has He given you enough? Are you enough without the thing that He's withheld from you? Here's the lie. Are you enough? Notice that Satan approaches Eve with the question, do you have enough? Immediately he says to her, hey, there's something over there that God's withheld from you. He enters the discussion with a lie. Anxiety has its root in a lie. And the great lie that mankind has been sold and believed and it is the lie underlying every set of anxiety that you and I have. The lie is this. Are we enough? Am I enough? I um, don't think I'm enough. I don't know if God is enough. I'm not sure He's given me enough. Did He make me enough? And that manifests itself behind any anxiety that we have. When I'm anxious about the future, what I'm really saying is, is God enough to deal with my future? Is God big enough to, to take care of my future? When I'm anxious about finding a husband or a wife, what I'm really saying is, am I enough without them? When I'm anxious about money, I'm really asking, is, is God enough of a provider? Has He got enough in heaven? Does He care enough about me? When I'm anxious about my kids and their future, I'm really asking whether God's big enough to take care of them. If I'm worried about my health, I'm, I'm asking, is God enough to take care of me physically? Is He enough to heal me? Or if He doesn't heal me, is He enough to sustain me? What we're really asking, is there enough in what God has given us? And any anxiety that you and I feel has its root in a lie that says, I'm not enough. God's not enough. He hasn't given me enough. I'm not sure He's made me enough. And so church, that's the root of our anxiety. It's this deep-seated question, am I enough? Has God made me enough? Is He enough for me? Has He given me enough? And so Jesus offers us some words in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, where he talks about and he instructs us, he teaches us, he invites us not to worry about tomorrow. Now, when I read his words, at first glance, I might feel that Jesus is unrealistic. I might feel that Jesus isn't in touch with reality when he says, do not worry about tomorrow. But when we understand that anxiety and worry about tomorrow has its root in a lie that God is not enough, when we understand that, then we begin to understand that His words actually are an invitation to us to come all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and to reinstate the original plan. Every time we read Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, do not worry, He says, do not worry about this, do not worry about your future, do not worry about tomorrow, do not worry about provision. Anytime we read that, really what we're doing is we're receiving an invitation from him. And he is saying to us, hey, would you come back to Genesis chapter 3? Let's do this over. Instead of believing the lie that God is not enough, he's not made you enough, he's not given you enough, that he's withheld. Would you rest in the deep truth that he loves you? That he is enough for you. That He has given you enough. 
that He has made you enough? Would you rest in the fact that your Father God, Scripture says, has engraved your name on the palm of His hands? Jesus' words are an invitation to come back to Genesis 3 and to answer the question differently. When Satan asked Eve the lie, is he enough? Jesus' words are an invitation to us to say, yes, he is. He is enough. He has made me enough. He has given me enough. I can rest in the love of the Father who has my name engraved on the palm of his hand. When it comes to managing our anxiety, dealing with it, we can deal with the shoots. We can deal with it practically. We can stop, pause, breathe, accept, be kind to ourselves. Remember, it's only temporary. Take wise action. But we've also got to address the root, which is theological. The truth is, God is enough for you. He has made you enough. He has given you enough. Don't believe the lie. Anytime anxiety comes your way, you'll know there's a lie underneath it. Even as we're speaking today, it might well be that God has been speaking to you through the power of His Holy Spirit and you've realized actually that if you analyze your life, you've been trying to live your life in a constant quest to be enough. Today, there is an invitation to you simply to know that God has made you enough, but more than that, that He is enough for you and that He wants to take loving charge of your life. If you go through life in a constant, constant quest to prove that you're enough, you'll live your life tired, burnt out, bitter, cynical, disillusioned but when you accept the invitation today to rest in the fact that there is a God in heaven who loves you and that you do not have to prove that you're enough you don't have to be anxious about whether you're enough your life will change the invitation that I make to you today is to follow Jesus to follow him into the rest that he offers us in Matthew chapter 6 it is a rest that those of us who live with Jesus in our lives can experience because we know He loves us. He is enough. He has made us enough and He has given us enough. Today my invitation to you is no, no matter whether this is a first time invitation you've ever heard or whether maybe you've been wondering in life and you're coming back to God today, my invitation is simple. Would you allow Him to be enough? Would you place your life into His hands? I'd love the great opportunity of praying for you, if that's you today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that in this moment we can be reminded of, some of us, for the first time, we can be lovingly confronted with the fact that you love us so much that you are enough for us. You've made us enough. You've given us enough. We can place our life in your hands and we can stop striving and we can stop trying so hard to be enough. Today we make a decision to follow you, Jesus, to give our lives over to you. We want to ask you to forgive us for trying to go it alone, 
for trying to prove ourselves, prove our worth, for trying to make our own decisions in life with no regard to you. We ask for your forgiveness. And we ask today that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, would enter our lives and would begin to give us a deep assurance of how much you love us and care for us. That we would not live with a pervading sense of anxiety. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, either for the first time or maybe, like I said earlier, your life had kind of taken a few rabbit trails and today you found your way back. You made a decision to follow Jesus. You made a decision to place your life into His hands. We want to hugely congratulate you. And in this moment, it would be, it would be our blessing, our privilege to celebrate with you. The way we can do that is if you just let us know that you made that decision. Below me on the screen right now is a number, a WhatsApp number. If you simply WhatsApp the words, follow Jesus to this number, that'll let us know. Or if you're watching on our church online platform, if you simply click on the raised hand icon in the bottom right of the screen, simply click it, it'll let us know. All around our entire Thrive Church community, people watching all over the East Rand, but indeed the world and the country, celebrate with you because that's our culture. So come on, go ahead right now where you are, just text the number, follow Jesus, or click the raise hand in the bottom right hand side of your screen so we can celebrate with you. And also we'll send you something digitally to get you started on your faith journey. It would be our privilege to do that. Church, as we close today, I want you to know we do not need to live with anxiety. It's not the cross you have to bear. We can live less anxious in an anxious world. We're going to address the shoots and we're going to address the root. Cannot wait to see you all next week online, but on the 11th, back in church, physical, live church. It's going to be amazing. Don't miss it. See you there. Cool. Thanks, man. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.